Royal Caribbean's Wonder of the Seas is the newest cruise ship in the fleet, and today I wanted to talk about the things I'm most excited to try. Here we go. Anytime there's a new Royal Caribbean cruise ship, I always get excited for it because it's new, it's the latest and greatest, and that means new chances to try out some new things. Certainly, Wonder of the Seas, the fifth Oasis-class cruise ship, is going to offer, of course, a lot of favorites, being a fifth Oasis-class ship, but it's not a copy-and-paste job. It's not just a carbon copy of ships that have came before it. Royal Caribbean has made some significant changes, actually, to some of the features on board the Wonder of the Seas. And while Wonder of the Seas is, I think, as of the recording of this podcast, my third next cruise in line, I'm still excited for it. And I feel like it's a good opportunity to talk about what I'm most excited to try on Wonder of the Seas as it's coming out. The first sailing of Wonder of the Seas is March 4th, 2022, out of... Port Everglades in Fort Lauderdale, Florida. And uh, yes, I am booked on it. I'm actually booked on uh, cruise back-to-back. -back. It's in the name of research. Somebody's got to look at everything that's available on board. So we're actually going to go on Wonder of the Seas. I'm actually going on Wonder by myself on the March 4th sailing. I know. We've all got our, our burdens to carry. And then my family will be joining me on the March 11th sailing. And we'll talk about that in a little bit. But, you know, this is going to be a good opportunity to get a sense of what Wonder is all about. And today I wanted to talk about the big things uh, emphasis on big, I get it, big Oasis class, ah, that we're going to be uh, looking forward to the most on the wonder of the season. Certainly when you talk about, well, an Oasis class ship, you're talking about a big ship, lots to do on there. Wonder will be the largest cruise ship in the world, slightly exceeding the previous title by Symphony of the Seas. All the Oasis class ships have slightly outdone each other by like a meter or two or capacity or something. They, they come up with that. Um, but really, when it comes to number one reason I'm excited to go on Wonder of the Seas is because it's got latest and greatest. Whenever Royal Caribbean puts out a new ship, and it doesn't matter whether it was Odyssey, Harmony, Symphony, in this case, Wonder, Spectrum, before that, you've always got an opportunity for the cruise line to put out a couple new things that we've not seen before. This has been their MO, and it's something that's changed, I think, uh, compared to, let's say, 20, 30 years ago, where back then, certainly, once you got beyond the first cruise ship in the in the class, you would start basically just getting copy and paste jobs, right? A uh, great example of this would have been the Freedom class before all the amplifications, of course. You know, Freedom, Liberty, and Independence of the Seas were virtually the same. They just changed up some venue names. And this goes back, this was true of the Voyager class, the Radiance class, you know, Vision class to some extent as well. But Royal Caribbean has gone away from that model. And while this may be the fifth Oasis class ship, and yes, Wonder does share a lot of features with her sister Oasis class ships. Uh, Royal Caribbean is always looking at ways to kind of improve, iterate, if you will. I'll take this from a software development standpoint where you're always trying to iterate. You're trying to build on what you have and take, it's like version 1.0, version 2.0, version 3.0, version 4.0, right? Same basic concept. You take the Oasis of the Seas, which is the original Oasis class ship, and, you know, and Allure and Oasis were built at the same time, so we'll call them 1.0, right? And then Harmony was a, was a step up from there, Symphony a step up from there. But instead of Wonder being a step up from Symphony, She's actually a step up from Odyssey and Spectrum before that. And basically, each time Royal Caribbean has a new ship, it's their opportunity to trot out some of the latest and greatest features that each that, that they've had in some of the other ships before that. So what that means is you're going to see some concepts that may not have been on other Wasteclass ships that have already been trotted out on a, a Quantum-class ship or a brand new concept altogether. And it's kind of a this, I don't want to call it a hodgepodge because that kind of insinuates that it's not good. But this is basically the latest and greatest. It's all the tricks that Royal Caribbean has come up with since the Oasis of the Seas and incorporated a lot of these other changes. I remember seeing this first on the Harmony of the Seas. When Harmony came out, 
I remember saying, wow, there's a lot of things that feel like a quantum class ship on this ship being an Oasis class ship. But, you know, that I think that's to the benefit for uh, for everybody. I mean, if there's something that works, put it on there, right? And so you're going to see a lot of cool things on there. Certainly, one big change is the fact that Royal Caribbean has added an eighth neighborhood. This is the new sweet neighborhood. Now, it's not a ship within a ship concept yet, anyway, that some of the other cruise lines have out there. Uh, Royal Caribbean has added a new sweet class, uh, sorry, a new sweet neighborhood to build on the sweet class. And it's going to have some favorites in there, like Coastal Kitchen and the Sweet Lounge. But it's also going to have some new areas on there uh, that include the view and uh, basically a new sun deck for sweet guests. It's kind of an interesting concept. And for the second sailing, I'll be staying on. We're actually staying in a in a suite for that particular sailing, bringing the family on there. I got to I got to make up for the fact they weren't on a cruise before the week before with me. So we're going to do a suite there. And I'm interested to in experience. I'm not the biggest like sweet guy out there I mean, i'm a sweet guy <laughs> but i'm not the biggest sweet category guy out there because for me i generally don't spend a ton of time in my room i i, I am very much the get up uh get dressed shower and then get on maybe not in that order but you know and be on my way go do things around the ship i'm not a i'm going to spend a lot of time in my room so i don't value necessarily having uh, an amazing room now certainly I do think there are some huge benefits for being in a suite that are beyond the room itself. I love the perks of a suite. I love the attention and the service you get there. And I'm going to be interested to see how this compares because up until now, and, and full disclosure, I've not been on Spectrum of the Seas, which has a uh, a very much a different kind of concept when it comes to their suites, but that's in China and you know it's a different story altogether. Uh, you know, I've never really experienced anything beyond the traditional Royal Caribbean suite experience. Certainly the Royal Suite class, which is the suite experiences, you know, with the Royal Genie and all that on the Oasis Aquatic Claw ships has been certainly a, a nice change, a little bit of a plus up from what it was before. But the core of it, the core DNA of the suite experience was still very much the same. I mean, you have your suite, you might go to the suite lounge, and then beyond that, you know, the suite deck, the suite's on deck, right? But this seems to be a little more cohesive. They're trying to move more in a direction of let's, as a suite guest, let's try to entice you to stay here a little bit longer. We'll see. I don't know. Uh, it, it's, it's one of these things where, first of all, I'm basing all this off of concept art. And some things that Royal Caribbean has said about it. So we'll have to see what ends up actually materializing and, and what the experience is truly like. But it'll be interesting nonetheless. Now, certainly something else that's kind of new for Wonder of the Seas is the new Caribbean pool deck. And I love the look of it. You know, Oasis of the Seas got a redo of her pool deck with the lime and coconut. But it wasn't quite to this level. That was more of a paint job. Whereas this looks to be a true redo of the pool deck on the wonder of the sea. So yes, there'll be a lime and coconut. Don't get me wrong on this one, but they're looking for uh, more of a resort style Caribbean vibe to the pool deck. Again, basing this off of concept art, but it looks pretty nice. And I'm excited for that. You know, as my kids are getting older, we're spending more time at the pool deck. They like doing things like hanging out over there and really going up and down the water slides. So I'm, I'm looking forward to the new motif. I love what the concept art looks like. And they also say, Royal by the way, another big change, which may go under notice, but it's important, is they're actually going to have the largest poolside movie screen in the fleet. Traditionally, there is no pool movie screen on Oasis Class Ships by the pool. You have to go to, if you want to watch a movie on deck, you have to go down to the Aqua Theater for that, which I always thought was silly. I was like, well, who's going to go over there to watch it? The pool is where you want to do it. Anyway, I love that addition, especially, you know, if they're sporting events or whatnot during the daytime, that's a nice change to have up at the pool deck. But I think the one thing, if my kids were on here, they would say they're most excited to check out the new Wonder Playscape, which is the new adventure area for kids. It's an underwater theme play area, and this is a whole new shebang out here. They've taken essentially what would have been, in my opinion, one of the 
flow riders and redo the whole area to offer this kind of uh, play area with slides, climbing walls, games, interactive mural. It's basically an open air playground, right? And I appreciate my kids are right at the perfect age for this because one of their favorite things to do on a cruise ship, if they have it on the ship, is go on those climb chips things that look like little art pieces of artwork that are on certain Royal Caribbean ships. They've added them or it was there already when the ship was built. But they just love like climbing and just like being like kids running around, climbing, climbing down, running around and climbing back up again on repeat. And I think this is a cool idea uh, for families, especially. It's nice to have this. I hope there's a bar nearby. But uh, I, I got to say that this is it's just an interesting looking uh, from a from an aesthetic standpoint. It's they've definitely gone in. a. This is not like a playground at your element, local elementary school. This is uh, some interesting touches here. And I like the idea that. They're trying to make this more interactive rather than just like, hey, kids, here's something to climb on. We'll have to wait and see. The, the jury will be out of them. But I think my kids will definitely pick up on that. Something else I'm very excited about on Wonder of the Seas is, of course, naturally, it's food. You all knew that. And the, there's a new specialty restaurant concept on the Wonder of the Seas called the Mason Jar Restaurant. Now, this is a specialty restaurant based on Southern cuisine, Southern American food. And I'll be honest, I'm not the world's biggest Southern food eater. I'm not from the South originally, so that may play a part in it. But I remember thinking to myself when Royal Caribbean debuted the Portside Barbecue Restaurant, and I was like, well, I'm not the world's biggest barbecue fan out there. Then I went there, and I was like, this place is amazing. So I am more excited for the Mason Jar than I might have otherwise been. Uh, there's a lot of good selections here, and yes, there does appear to be some barbecue food as well. And I like the fact that Royal Caribbean is, is venturing out a little bit more. There's something different. It's not more of the same. And it's not, it's not even like, you know, it's not like James Italian versus Giovanni's, both Italian restaurants. You've got some really interesting options here to check out. So something different is always, in my opinion, worth getting excited about because it's just something different to do. I think variety is the spice of life, and I love having more of those options there. So I'm looking forward to checking out the Mason Jar. Yes, I'll be coming hungry on that one, and I'm hoping to find a couple of different things that really kind of jump out at me because there's going to be, you know, it, it's a pretty big menu, all things considered. I like the idea they're doing brunch. I know that uh, if you listen to our episode uh, a couple weeks ago, about a month or two ago, when Billy was on here, we were doing our wishes. I'm pretty sure he wished for brunch either last year or this year. So I think he just got his wish there. But having some options that, you know, not traditionally, you know, where, you know, breakfast ends at this hour, lunch begins at this hour, something different. And, and I like that kind of a take on it. So I am excited for the new Mason Jar restaurant. I think it's cool. And I'm, I always like when Royal Caribbean tries to push the boundaries of that. I got to say, Royal Caribbean has definitely been moving more adventurously into dining compared to the first couple of years I started covering them here on Royal Caribbean blog. They certainly have always, you know, tried to up their game. But if you remember when Royal Caribbean debuted the quantum of the seas, they had this whole celebrity chef concept and they, they had like, I don't know, seven or eight celebrity chefs that they brought in to help, you know, run like each one would have their own restaurant on the ship. That was the idea. It was a, it was an interesting idea actually. But what ended up happening was, well, a couple of chefs flaked out on them and the rest kind of just never really did much. I think the best rendition was the idea from Michael Schwartz with not only uh, 150 Central Park, but that was on the Oasis Clash ships, but the, the the pub on board and he brought pub food on there and that lasted for a little bit. But Royal Caribbean, the, the point of this story is Royal Caribbean has moved away from that. Rather than saying, let's invest our money on other people's ideas and you know, hopefully it works, Let's develop our own ideas. Let's develop our own in-house ways to improve what we have and not rely on a third party. 
And there's some interesting ideas with it. I mean, this comes back to one of my favorite restaurants in the whole wide world on Roller Club. I mean, that's Azumi, right? Azumi, we've talked about this. We've, we've had Chef Travis on the podcast before. This is an in-house concept. You know, Travis was not a, I don't, I don't think he would consider himself a celebrity chef back then. I don't know if he does today, but, you know, he was brought in, come up with the concept, and, and they kind of ran with it, and now it's a staple of the Royal Caribbean fleet. And Royal Caribbean's been moving in that direction. Giovanni's Italian Kitchen, the Mason Jar, Portside Barbecue, you know, these are, and, and Wonderland, actually. These are restaurants that, you know, they're developing in-house, cultivating. And by cultivating, I mean, they come out with version 1.0. They say, you know what, we need to tweak this, this, and this. Okay, let's put out 1.5, 2.0, right? And, and they keep moving forward with it. But it allows them to have... I think it doesn't allow the fleet to stagnate and allows them to continue to develop what they have. So you get these menus that continuously change for the best. And I like that idea. And I like that they're coming up with new ideas and they're not afraid to also walk away from ideas and say, you know what? This one just isn't going to work out. Let's go with this direction instead. Certainly dining preferences change out there, right? And what's hot today may not be hot next year or five years from now. And so I kind of like this idea of them moving forward with their own in-house branding of these restaurants coming up with their own menus and and working with partners on this. I that's the other thing about this is that while they've gotten rid of the celebrity chef aspect of it, like, hey, look, it's this restaurant concept by so and so, they are still working with people who are quote unquote experts in the area, but it's not their restaurant. They're just helping kind of advise, consult with Royal Caribbean. We've seen that with the uh, Italian Kitchen and Portside Barbecue, which is nice to see. So anyway, new restaurants, uh, I'm I'm definitely down there. I'm giving Royal Caribbean the benefit of the doubt when it comes to the Mason Jar, because I think it's a really cool idea to have up there. And we talked a little bit about the view, uh, which is one of the new bars. It's V-U-E view. And that's a new concept as well. It's a cantilevered bar offering panoramic ocean views. This, I believe, is closer. It's not in the solarium. It's near the solarium. And again, I just like new concepts. I remember being on Symphony of the Seas. And when Symphony's solarium, they had the big wonder on there, which is the name of the decorative solarium bar, for lack of a better word. And I remember at first thinking, like, whatever. And then I got on board the ship, and I was like, oh, wow, this is fantastic, actually. I really like this idea. And so as a result, I ended up spending a lot more time there. It was kind of a nice place to hang out. So I'm all for new bars that certainly come out there, and it's exciting. But, you know, truly, when you're talking about some of the features, we don't know everything, by the way. I should also point out that this list is based on what we know. You might be wondering, well, Matt, what about some of the shows on board? Well, we really don't even know what they are. There's two shows that we do know about. And the only reason we know what the two shows are is because somebody leaked it at Royal Caribbean. <laughs> they have not officially announced the shows. Will there be a Broadway show? I don't know. Will there be, you know, these shows? I don't know. We do know there's going to be uh, a, uh, one of the shows is going to be called Intense, which is going to have an all-female cast, Intense, and T-E-N, Intense, is the is emphasized there. And uh, that's one show. That's in the Aqua Theater. And then on the, in Studio B, there's going to be 365, The Seasons on Ice. Don't know what that's about, but it's oh, actually I do know about it. We celebrate the seasons on planet Earth, but other than that, that's all we know. So certainly, entertainment is all is such a huge part of what Royal Caribbean does, and so I'm very excited about it. You know, I think part of it. Why don't we know about it? Part of it may be the pandemic. You know, and the fact that Wonder was delayed, and obviously a lot of moving parts to these kinds of things. So we'll have to wait and see. You know, it'll be interesting when we compare this episode to my review after we go on Wonder of the Seasons. I'm curious how it's going to stack up there. I, you know, and of course, people always want to know, Matt, you think this will be your new favorite ship? I'm not sure. Symphony wasn't my new favorite ship. Odyssey was. Odyssey was in, not was, but it came very close to unseating my favorite. But it, it's, it's you know, maybe there's something, a je ne sais quoi, that can help move it in that direction. But 
um, you know, a new ship, it's hard to ever go wrong with uh, getting excited, certainly, with some of the new things on there. And at the end of the day, it's all about the latest and greatest. So we'll have a review of Wonder of the Seas uh, when we, at some point in March, certainly after I go on that first sailing or two, and we talk more about what the ship has to offer. So stay tuned for that. All right, time to answer your listener emails. This is the part of the episode where I read an email or eight that you have sent in about Royal Caribbean. If you want to send me your email, you can always send it to matt at royalcaribbeanblog.com. Our first email this week is from Peyton who writes, Hey, Matt, how are you doing? I'm listening to your latest podcast and heard the question about what to do with a non-potty trained three-year-old. On our last cruise, there was a kid that had an accident in Adventure Ocean and the staff allowed the parents to put the child in the nursery. They had to pay the hourly rate, of course, but that could be an option for some folks. Hey, thanks for the email. Appreciate that. And, and that kind of goes back on, we've talked about this maybe in other areas, other age groups of Adventure Ocean, but it doesn't hurt to ask, you know, if you're not uncomfortable with your child being in a, in whatever level they're supposed to be and if they want to be able to downgrade, go back to, uh, you know, the level before that, right? So whether that's, um, you know, explorers moving back to Aquanauts or in this case, Aquanauts back to the nursery. I mean, if there's availability and the staff is willing to do it, no harm in asking. The worst they're going to tell you is no, but certainly a... A, a good suggestion. Thank you, Peyton. I appreciate that. Next, we have an email from Stephanie. Who writes, hey, Matt. First, let me say that I really enjoy watching and listening to you every week. I've been on seven total Royal Caribbean cruises, with two being in 2021, and your blog helped us decide which ships to try. We've decided to collect a souvenir ship each time, but I had no luck finding them on Freedom of the Seas. When we cruised in September, the gift shop said they were sold out. Royal Caribbean customer service said it can only be purchased on the ship. However, I don't have another trip on Freedom until 2022. Can you tell me how I can purchase one? I also searched online, but no one has the amplified model. Thank you. Keep up the good work. Love your blog. Yes, Stephanie, the only recourse, you're not missing something here. There's two places you could buy a model. One is on board the ship. And unfortunately, some ship models are just out of stock. I think part of it is the global supply chain issues and all that. So if it's not there, it's eBay or bust, Stephanie, quite frankly. I mean, you could certainly maybe try to find a friend or family member who's going out of freedom and they could check again for you. But... Truly, the only way to get a ship model if you're not on board the ship is basically eBay. There's no other way that I'm aware of finding it. And you're right. Sometimes they have it. Sometimes they don't. So just keep an eye on it. Check periodically. Or if you need a reason to book another cruise. (laughs) I've heard worse reasons than to buy a ship model to go book another cruise. Next email is from Emily Addison. Hi, Matt. First time cruiser here. We booked seven nights on Oasis of the Seas for August. Thank you so much for your blog and podcast. We've gained so much insight and tips from you already. I can already tell it's going to be a fantastic holiday. We're selling from Bayonne and fly back home to the UK the following morning from JFK. We have an airport hotel booked already, but we'd like to go shopping at the mills at Jersey Gardens straight after disembarking. Do you know if there's anywhere to leave our luggage securely nearby or is Royal Cream able to hold on to it till later in the day? We're spending the week before a cruise in New York, so we'll have plenty of luggage. Emily, thanks for the email. Royal Caribbean definitely will not hold your luggage. So that option is out the window. Your best bet would be to go to your hotel, drop off your luggage. Hotels will, will take your luggage even if you have, even if your room is not ready. And then you can leave it with Bell Services, then go shopping, then come back to the hotel. That's be your best course of action. Uh, I understand if your hotel is in Manhattan and you're going shopping in New Jersey, that's a lot of bridge crossings, but I mean, it's your only real option. Other than, uh, you know, Emily, if you rented a car, problem with renting a car in Bayonne is I don't even know where the nearest car rental place is. I'm sure there is one, but it's not like it's a hop, skip, and a jump away. It's not like you can just like see it from the cruise terminal or anything like that. 
it's certainly going, you're probably going to the Newark airport, which you could do. You could go to the airport, which is not that far. It's probably about 20 minutes away, I think, you know, depending, depending on no traffic and pick up a rental car and then you leave your luggage in the car. I don't know how comfortable you are driving in the United States and all that. And then the, that area of the country, the tri-state area is a challenging area traffic wise. Let me put it gently. So I would not recommend it, but that's another option for you. So hopefully one of those helps you out, Emily. Thanks for the email. Our next email is from Kelly, who writes, Hi, Matt. I've got a question you may be able to answer for us. My wife and I are going up back-to-back on Brilliance of the Seas. My elderly mother and father are meeting us in Tampa for the second leg of the cruise. Will I be able to get off the ship and pick up my parents, help them with the COVID test, and go back to the ship with them, and then assist them to get on the ship? Thanks for the info. Yeah, absolutely. There are two ways you can do this, Kelly. One, you can simply walk off the ship uh, traditionally, like everybody else. You're going to get off the ship. You're going to say goodbye to everybody. You take all your baggage off with you or leave it in your room, I suppose, if it's uh-huh. if you're staying in the same room. But you absolutely walk off the ship. Just what you're going to need is your passport, your uh, COVID test. Um, that may be the crux of this, but you're, co- you're going to take one on the ship. You're going to need your COVID test. You're going to need your passport and you're going to need your um, uh, your, your check-in information, right? Your, your set sail pass and whatnot. What I would actually recommend you do, now that I'm thinking about this, this is what I would recommend you do. While you could do what I told you to do, this is what you should do. You should do the back-to-back process. You should go through it. What's going to happen is they're going to tell you, okay, Kelly, on the end of cruise number one, report to this place at this time. At that point, you're going to have gotten your COVID test already because you should have gotten it probably the day before. Uh, you'll see your results. You're going to have your new, they're going to give you your new CPAS card. They're going to give you, uh, they're going to do all the paperwork for you. And at that point, they're going to let you, they're going to, they're going to escort you off the ship, escort you back on board. When you get back on board the ship, Kelly, uh, at that point, you should be able to walk off the ship and, um, and, and go back and do that. I think that might be, because what you really need is that COVID test result. And it might be easier to go about it. Um, because the, at the end of the day, it does not matter. Once the gangway is open, it doesn't matter. You can walk off the ship. Like people could do that theoretically, where you, you check in, come on board the ship, they can leave and go do something else and come back later. It's theoretically possible. I think it sounds a lot easier than it is. But um, I would speak to guest services just to check on that. But I think if you go through the back to back process and then you're the first people back on board, you know, assuming your parents aren't like, you know, literally first in line, you should have plenty of time to be able to get off the ship again and, and you know, help them and you'll have your seat pass cards you'll be a consecutive cruiser so you don't have to worry about all the paperwork stuff you've already done it that might be your best course of action i might just double check all this with with guest services on board just to triple check it but i've done this before kelly where i remember this is pre-covid obviously but uh we were doing a back-to-back i was in miami and i had a meeting so i the ship got back to miami i in this one i got off the ship like everybody else went to my meeting i left all my stuff on board the ship and i had the same room and uh, I went to my meeting and then came back on and I already had my stuff. So I just showed them. I got a seat pass card. I'm already on board. I just, you know, went off for a couple minutes and they looked at me like, what a weirdo. Okay, come back on board. And <laughs> no problem at all. So hopefully that answers your question there, Kelly. Thank you for the email. Our next email is coming to us from uh, Mason from Atlanta. Hi, Matt. Hope all is well. And thank you in advance for all you do for the community. I have a question on how it would work if the wife and I chose to take advantage of the Royal Up program on our upcoming April Harmony of the Sea sailing. A sailing we are finally taking that has been canceled three times over the past couple of years. Currently, we have connecting ocean view balcony rooms. One for us and one for the kids. However, these two rooms are associated with separate reservation numbers and obviously linked. If I thought it was worth it and was chosen to get a suite for the four of us, would Royal Caribbean allow, the give it, allow this given we have two separate reservations? 
I assume they would know that we have two reservations when we bid. My fear is that when we win and bid the upgrade, the kids would not be allowed to join in or we'd have to lose the money spent on their room. Mason, your fears are correct. Royal Up does not account for linked rooms. I'm in the, I've been in this scenario many, many, many times with my kids. And I love booking two rooms. I think you're doing the right thing. But if you bid for an upgrade on one or both of the rooms, there's no guarantee that they'll be, you can't merge them afterwards. You're on the hook for both, Mason. Now with the, with the Cruise with Confidence program, which allows you to cancel your cruise up to 48 hours before your cruise, you have a little bit of a recourse. You could do the Royal Up. If you win, then add the kids. The problem is adding them in. I'm not sure how that works with Royal Up because traditionally, when you add two people to the room, it changes the price. With Royal Up, I have no idea. This would be a question for your travel agent on how that kind of works. The bottom line is, here's my recommendation. I would not do it. When you have two rooms and you want to, if you didn't care, if you said, well, my kids are older and you know they're gonna be in their room, we're gonna be in our room, whether we're in a suite or the same category as them, whatever, then yeah, do that. But if you care about that, because it sounds like you do, you want to be able to ideally rail up, move up to like a suite, and then bring the kids into the room on there and then get rid of that other reservation. Yeah, that doesn't work that way. Um, best you could do, um, uh, like I said, is the option where you uh, cancel the other one, put them on there and see what the price changes. I just wouldn't recommend that. I think, quite frankly, you just skip rail up. This is just the nature of the two-room strategy. It's, you want to call it a downside to it? It certainly is. But I've, we're, we've done dealt with the same exact scenario, Mason, where there have been many times I'm like, oh, we're going to do it this time. And they're like, oh, I forgot we have two rooms. It won't work, unfortunately. So, yeah, sorry to be the bearer of bad news, Mason, but your fears have been realized in this one. And our last email is from Stephen Crosby. Who says, I've been binging the podcast. I'm enjoying it. I'm a Diamond member and an M Life Gold member. And we're going to Mexican Riviera Cruise on Navigator this season, September. And I've been working on our plans and researching for the trip online. And I came across something called that said M Life Gold members get onboard credit of 125 per member. Is this really true? I've been using my M Life for free parking at the MGM Casino since I live in Las Vegas. But if there's a benefit for our cruise, I want to take advantage. Uh, Stephen, thanks for the email. Actually, I don't know. I'm not familiar with the M Life uh, Royal Caribbean connection. There is a connection. You're not wrong on that. Uh, Royal Caribbean and, and MGM Resorts had a they announced a deal before COVID where they basically loyalty benefits are, are, um, are honored. So number one, what you want, oh, you're already a diamond member. So this is not a thing I was, I thought for a second you were a new cruiser. Anyway, uh, you would, uh, number one, I would call cause I would call crown and anchor society and just get a double checking on how that works with the onboard credit, because that's obviously not a diamond benefit, but if that's a benefit that you get as being an M life gold member, fantastic. I mean, like, like all things with Royal Caribbean, Steven, it never hurts to ask. So I would absolutely give them a call. Be like, hey, is this, you know, I'm a M Life Gold member. I've got a cruise coming up. Can I really get onboard credit for being an M Life member if I put the link the reservation together? Uh, the answer may very well be yes. You have nothing to lose. I don't know that for a fact, Steven. I probably have to, you know what? I have to do a little bit of research. I don't tell my wife I have to go to Las Vegas for about, you know, three weeks, <laughs> lose a lot of money there so I can move up to M Life Gold. And then come on back and do a cruise and see how it all works. Listen, this is scientific research because at the end of the day, there's more people like Steven who are going to want to know this question. So maybe I'll take it upon myself. Yeah, I'm not sure that conversation will go very well. But anyway, uh, Stephen, thanks for the email. Thank you to everybody for checking out the episode. Uh, if you want to send me your email to be read here on this episode, be sure to send it to Matt at Royal Caribbean blog.com. Matt, M-A-T-T at Royal Caribbean blog.com. So until next time, I'm Matt. And we'll talk again real soon.